The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. When they came to a place called the Skull, the soldiers crucified Jesus and the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. The soldiers threw lots to decide who would get his clothes. The people stood there watching, and the leaders made fun of Jesus, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's chosen one, the Christ. The soldiers also made fun of him, coming to Jesus and offering him some vinegar. They said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. At the top of the cross, these words were written, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals on a cross began to shout insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Christ? Then save yourself and us. But the other criminal stopped him and said, You should fear God. You are getting the same punishment he is. We are punished justly, getting what we deserve for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. So, in any of your reading or any of the movies you've watched, have you ever seen a story about a king? Yeah? Sometimes? Do you know what a king does? <laughs> what does a king do? Does anybody know? Anybody know what a king? Go ahead. Rule. Yeah. A king is usually in charge of a, a country or a nation, and, and they rule. Now, the thing we know about kings, the same thing we know about people, is sometimes kings can be good kings, and sometimes they can be bad kings. And the Bible has good kings and bad kings in it, too whole bunch of stories about good kings and bad kings. The good kings would take care of the people they were in charge of, the people of their country, and the bad kings would do things to help themselves and to, to get more money and to get richer, and they wouldn't care what happened to everybody else. They just wanted to do stuff for themselves. So today, I don't know if you know this, but today is Christ the King Sunday. It's the day that we celebrate Jesus as king. Lots of times Jesus said, I have a kingdom, and you're all welcome in it. And the kingdom is right here on earth. And the kingdom is also in heaven. It's in both places. And I'm the king. I'm the king, Jesus said. What kind of king do you think Jesus was and is? Good or bad? Good, yeah. And the way he showed how to be a good king, how to be a good person, was by loving everybody, by forgiving us, by taking care of us, by being kind and gentle. So Jesus is king is who we're celebrating today. You ready to go to class? Awesome. See you later. Jesus, remember me when I come to you.
Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. How are you? What's, uh, what's life like for you these days? Anybody uh, busy? Anybody frustrated? Anybody anxious? Worried? I get that way. More times than I care to admit. I don't always demonstrate that outwardly, but inwardly there is often a storm that's raging within the confines of whatever is inside of me. I had an opportunity, we had an opportunity as a staff this last week, thanks to the generosity of uh, someone here in our parish who thought uh, the staff needs to do something that they wouldn't normally do, and uh, you haven't been on a retreat in a long time, so we want you to go and get away. So we went away as a staff and spent some time in that place that for me is a centering peaceful place, Catalina Island. We had, a, we had a, a, an anxious time getting to the dock. <laughs> Wasn't sure we were all going to make it there. Some of us were, might, were going to miss the boat. We all got there. And the anxiety level was about, you know, here. We got on the boat, stepped off the boat, onto Catalina Island, and for me anyway, immediately, everything just calms. It's not that far away, but it feels like it's a million miles away from all of the busyness and the confusion and the chaos that life often is. And I think of when I hear the words from our gospel lesson today that Jesus speaks to the uh, criminal next to him who says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. That's what I think of. I think of Catalina Island when I think of paradise. Paradise wasn't, Jesus wasn't promising the thief that that day he was going to be in heaven with Jesus. Paradise was a place of peace. We all need that place of peace. And it's not always a physical place. It's a spiritual, emotional, uh, inward kind of a place of peace that allows us to exist as more calm, loving, peaceful people when the storms around us are raging. This is a little bit of the picture of what it was like for the church at Colossae. The Apostle Paul in our epistle reading is writing to a church that, that is very busy. They're doing some great things. He's commending them for their faith. But he's heard that there's some confusion in their ranks. They weren't really sure about who this Jesus was and what it meant to be a true follower after Jesus. They, they knew that there were things that they should be doing. And, and, and as I mentioned, Paul was commending them for their faith. But Paul knew that for those followers of Jesus to be able to cope with all that they were facing in their, the fledgling early days of this movement that was, was a movement without any kind of real direction, there had to be something within that church, those people who were, who were following after Jesus, that would be a place of centeredness. 
And so Paul goes to great lengths to remind them of exactly who Jesus is. He is, he says, no one can see God, but Jesus Christ is exactly like him. All things were made through Christ and for Christ. He was there before anything was made, and all things continue because of him. Through Christ, God has brought all things back to himself again, things on earth and things in heaven. God made peace through the blood of Christ's death on the cross. He was reminding the church at Colossae that Jesus was the perfect representation of God. Not only the, the likeness of God, but the, the presence of God among them. And this was the place that Paul wanted to keep those, those early followers of Jesus in Colossae focused. When the storms are raging around you, when there's confusion within your ranks, remember all things are possible through Christ. All things came to be through Christ. All things are held together in Christ, and that includes you. Paul gave the church at Colossae an anchor something to center them when the storms were raging around them. So when we're confused, when we are frazzled, when we are weary, we can get away to a place, but it's not the place, it's what happens within us that centers us. This is Christ the King Sunday. And the gospel lesson that we just heard is from the, the, the gospel of Luke. <clears throat> And it's a very familiar passage. We know this is a scene from the crucifixion. You may be asking, why on Christ the King Sunday are we, are we reading a passage about Jesus' death? This is really because Jesus was a king unlike any other king. When Pilate asked Jesus about his kingdom, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom isn't like anything that you've ever experienced before. I want us to think for just a moment about what Jesus must have been going through in these last hours of his life. Think about what he faced. Among other things, there was the pressure to conform to the expectations of others, his own disciples, who fully believed that Jesus was the Messiah but their expectation of the Messiah was that an earthly kingdom would be established and Jesus would be the king. They would have positions of authority within that kingdom. They'd be on his cabinet, if you will. We know a little something about that now, don't we? And Jesus had those pressures to deal with. Jesus knew that his kingdom was not like other kingdoms. He was not going to be a king like the disciples expected of him. When he was tempted, you may remember in the wilderness, Satan tempted him three times with the line, if you are the son of God, then, and Satan's expectations. Save yourself. Feed yourself. Jump off of this, the pinnacle of the temple, and the angels in heaven will save you because that's what the word of God says. If you are the son of God. And Jesus hears more of that right here in our lesson for today. 
The religious leaders have been saying, if you are the Son of God, prove it. The soldiers who are crucifying him, if you are the Son of God, save yourself. And the criminal on the one side of Jesus says, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and us. Prove that you are who you say you are. And the only way I will know that you are who you say you are is if you rise to the level of my expectation. Jesus had the pressure of the expectations of others on him to the very end. And he did not succumb to those pressures. Somewhere inside of Jesus, he had this innate understanding of who he was and what he was here to do. He also carried a great deal of the weight of responsibility. He's God's son. The weight of the world truly is on his shoulders. Reconciliation between God and humanity rests in Jesus. I, I get cold sweats with a whole lot less responsibility than that, don't you? I mean, I, I get sweaty if I think I'm going to, you know, did I remember did I remember to program the DVR for the, you know. Those are first world pressures, right? You know. And here Jesus has got the weight of the world on his shoulders. He knows that the expectation of others is not consistent with the expectation of his father. And he also knows that what is immediately ahead of him is pain. Any of those things would probably have caused any of us to turn and run the other way. If you want any, a, a visual of what kind of pressure Jesus was under, remember the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is praying. And he says, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And the gospel writer describes Jesus as sweating blood. That's intense, immense pressure. Faced with all of that, Jesus can pray from the cross, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. That takes someone who is very centered, very much in touch with a world beyond this world. And it enabled him to face what was ahead of him. We are headed into Thanksgiving week. We're in Thanksgiving week. And it's the beginning of the holiday season. Some of you may already be having some panic attacks around Black Friday. Or about the holidays in general. You know, family coming in, travel plans, whatever it might be. It's a, it's a challenging time for many people. And it's easy for us to get caught up in the busyness of the season. We've got a million things to do and a jillion places to be. And just like Jesus, there are expectations that others put on us. You may find yourself confused, 
frazzled, weary. Remember, just as Jesus found that place of centeredness in the knowledge that he was a part of a kingdom that is not of this world, so you and I have the assurance as followers of Jesus. This world is not all that there is. This world as we know it is not what will be forever. We are called to be agents of peace, instruments of peace. God will strengthen you, Paul writes to the church at Colossae. God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when trouble comes, but you will be patient and you will joyfully give thanks to the Father who has made you able to share in all that he has prepared for his people in the kingdom of light. You and I are going to meet people in this holiday season whose stress levels are through the roof. And we can either add to that stress or we can be a calming presence. My prayer for each of us is that we will so align ourselves as citizens of the kingdom of heaven with the heart of the king of heaven, Jesus, and be the same kind of calming, peaceful presence in our families, in our community, and in our nation that this troubled world needs to see right now. We have that opportunity, and it's a wonderful privilege. Count it joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.